You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Thank you, Father, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your help. And everybody here has eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. Everybody said amen. 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 Let's see what you can get tonight. Uh, Matthew chapter 15. We're talking about being positioned by the Spirit of God. We talked about unbelief versus belief versus doubt. And I would say that most people um, that are in the Word, uh, know the Word, probably attend this church. Not everybody, but there's, there's things. But you deal more with doubt than unbelief. Unbelief is you refusing to believe something. Doubt is wavering. Remember, Thomas was not a doubter. He was an unbeliever because he said, unless I see it. And Jesus said, be not faithless, only believe. Um, you know, when, he, when Peter was walking on the water, he was in faith because he walked on the water. That's good, right? Walking on the water. He's doing it. And then he saw the wind and the waves. So what was that? He began to doubt. Doubt will choke out your faith. Doubt and faith cannot hang together. Just like unbelief, but that's obvious. But doubt does the same thing. James 1, 6 8, a double-minded man, a man with two mindsets, a man in doubt, is unstable in all his ways. How can he receive anything of the Lord? So, We deal with unbelief different than we deal with doubt. Because if you're in unbelief, the cure for that, um, because sometimes you do it in ignorance, so the cure for that is the word. When Jesus marveled at their unbelief, he went about teaching and preaching in their synagogues. So the cure for um, unbelief is the word of God. Uh, it's, it's, It's teaching. And the cure for doubt, though, is refocusing. It's what you see. And then last week, remember, it was really good. Do y'all remember you were here? Remember what did we say? We said, if you can see it, then you can seize it. And that's not something new the Lord told me. that. The Lord told me that many, many years ago. But it tells me that in the realm of the Spirit, until you can see something, you won't be able to get something. Until you see yourself healed, you won't be healed. Until you see yourself blessed, you won't be blessed. Until you can see it. Until you can see it. I'm not talking in the natural because in the natural, things change. We are more human. <laughs> Even in our group, we are so moved by what we see, by what we feel. We make decisions on it. And is that wrong? Well, it's wrong if the Lord has a better decision to make based on what you can't see. Remember um, Elisha's servant. He was all afraid because the armies were around him. And the Lord said, what? Open his eyes. And when he opened his eyes spiritually, he saw that there was more with us than there was against us. And the fear left him. So your prayer ought to be, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Help me to see what you see. And then remember our great revelation. The Lord told Joshua, what? See? I have given you the city. Same walls, same giants that the first group saw with their eyes and refused to go in. The second group, God said to Joshua, he said it to the first group, they didn't believe it, but he said it again to Joshua. See, I have given you the city. And then after you see something, then the instructions will come. You know, I've got something in all my own life right now that I'm working on. The Lord said, you know, is, is helping me with something in my life, you know, that, that I got to see it first. Because you know what? I've been doing this a long time and it's not, thank God you hear the word. I want you to keep hearing the word because that's how faith comes. And I want you to hear good teaching and I want you to say amen and holler and run around the room and, and, and rec- I, I like all that. And I want you to say amen and pop the clutch and, and go pastor. I, I, all that's great. But I want, want you, what I really want you to do is on Monday, I want you to live the word because the just live by faith. And then on Tuesday, when you get up, I want you to live the word. 
and I want you to receive all day long on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, even if you can't come to noon prayer, I still love you. And, and, and I want you to be receiving. And I want you to be walking in the word. And when you, you know, when you get here on Wednesday night, all I want you to do is this like halftime at a football game. Whichever one is your favorite basketball, whatever. This is like halftime where you come in and you readjust and you get the plays. And then you go back out on Thursday and you start living by faith again. Because the just live by faith. And, and then they do it again on Friday. They don't even take a Friday off. They don't go hang out in the clubs on Friday and Saturday and then come in on Sunday morning and lead praise. Oh, no, we don't do that around here, right? Because the just do what? We live by faith. This is our lifestyle. This is who we are. And as you do that, though, especially those of you like me who have been doing it a while, it's not that you get lazy or lose your love for Jesus. You can just be like, when you hear something, yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's the way it works. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. But are you still getting the results? There's even this, you know, we do this. I know we all do this and I'm not mad at anybody because I'm trying to help myself. Because remember this series I'm doing is, is just for me and I've invited you all to listen. And so that's really what this is about. And, it's, and that's really the truth. And so um, I'm just inviting you all to listen. We're going to get it together, but I'm being very selfish. So I'm asking the Lord to help me because I want to be receiving his promises are yes and amen. Amen. They're not hope so and maybe so. They're yes and amen. And I want to walk in all of them. And so we have this phrase like, um, I'm believing for my healing. I, I, I'm believing for that, for a new job. How you doing? Well, I'm just believing. So my question to you is, are you? Or if I would say to you, what are you believing? Well, I'm believing healed. I'm healed. Why do you believe that? Because I believe the Bible. What part of the Bible do you believe? I just believe all of it. Well, good. Thank I help you now. Well, I'm just believing I'm healed. I had hands laid on me and I believe I'm healed. What do you base that on? Well, because you laid hands on me and I fell out. That's not going to heal you. That shows me you can yield. Now, I can irritate a person or two, and I have before. But if, I, if we just, come on, we got to get back to this. It's not being mouth monitors. But see, if you, what do you really, so I'm believing I'm healed. Prove it. Y'all looking at me really funny. Because see, just because you can speak word of faith Christianese does not make you healed. Doesn't make you blessed. Just because you go into your garage and go vroom, vroom does not make you a Mercedes Benz. Are you with me? What do you base it on? What do you believe in? What is that? I'm trying to reposition you. The Spirit of God's trying to reposition me. What? Yeah, I'm believing. And that's better than, I don't believe that. How I many you know it's, it's better? To, I, I, I'm believing. But is that just a catchphrase to you? If I ask you, what are you believing? And you cannot give me scripture then you are not Bible believing. You are, that's saying, it's the same thing as saying, I wish it could be, and I hope it could be. I really want it to be. But a wishing and a hoping and a wanting is not the same as believing. Now, this is a Wednesday night bunch, and I know this is going out over the airways, but you can all handle this. Amen? Because... If, if the Holy Ghost can help us be repositioned, if I'm believing for something, then I have scriptural proof. And, 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 and the Lord has talked to me about it. If it's something personal. Well, I, I'm just believing that she's going to be my, my wife. Based on what? Well, because the, the Lord knows that I like her. Well, she might think you ugly. I don't know. Do you have, do you, did the Lord speak to you? Because like even stuff like that. Well, the Lord said, if I find a wife, I'll find a good thing. You know what I mean? So I'm finding her. I found her. Now I'm claiming her. 
put a claim ticket on her. Well, it don't work that way. It don't work that way. How does it work? The Lord has to, on that kind of stuff, the Lord has to speak to you. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Well, I'm just believing for a Mercedes. I'm believing for a Beamer. I'm believing for a whatever. I'll do mine. I'm believing for, what's that truck I like that I can't have? Oh, the Raptor. Okay. <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, and, or you can just, so you can go to the dealership and lay your hands on it and claim it. Based on what? Because I'm a tither. But it didn't tell you as a tither, you could go lay hands on that car and have it. Did it? See, if you do foolish stuff because you saw somebody do something that God told them to do, but you only hope to do, aspire to do, and copy, it won't work for you. So you got to stay with the word. Amen. You got to stay with what the word says. Now go get off into charismaniac, word of faitherisms. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? Because the Lord wants you to receive. And so what he'll do and what he's doing right now, you're, at a, you're like at a chiropractor's table. And I just adjusted you. And I've been being adjusted myself. Because it's good. Are y'all with me? I ain't mad at nobody. And I'm not going to correct uh, unless, unless I know you and you're part of me. I'm not going to. If, if someone walks up to me, well, I'm believing I'm healed. I mean, if some waiter or waitress came up to me and told me that, I would just say, praise the Lord. I might say, what scripture you're standing on? I don't know if I would. But if it's one of you and I know you. These days, I might say to you, based on what? The, close, the people closest around me get it. But why, am I, why do I even bother? Because I want you to receive. There are principles that God has put in place. It's like someone who said, well, I, I'm believing I'm healed. But they won't open their mouth and say what the Word of God says. I'm sorry. That's the way it works. And you can't receive beyond that. And some of you who have tried to believe for other people, but they refuse to do what they've been taught. Your faith cannot override their disobedience. This is really good, y'all. Everybody say, I'm willing to be repositioned. And so that's where we got to be. Are you with me? Here we are. Matthew chapter 15. And the woman... 22, a woman, behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast, cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me. O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And Jesus did what? And he answered her not a word. Everybody say, That's rude. <laughs> no, you know, okay, but it, it seems rude, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem rude? Yeah, Jesus won't mind. It's in the Bible. Doesn't it, seem, it seems, but that's really not what he was doing. Everybody say, Reposition. And so he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, uh, Send her away. She cries after her. So not only was she coming to Jesus, she was messing with the disciples. She wanted to get Jesus. She had, she, had the, she, she had tenacity. She had obviously heard that Jesus could help her daughter who was grievously vexed with the devil. So she came. But she came and she said to him, she's a, a woman from Canaan. Now, most of you know this, but, but who is she? She's a woman from Canaan and she's without a covenant. How is she trying to come? By a covenant. She says, Lord, thou son of David. So what is that? That's covenant talk that she heard somebody else say. And so now she's going to approach him outside of the covenant with covenant talk. And he answers her not a word because she knows he knows Jesus knows what? She's not a part of the covenant. He's not denying her. He's about to reposition her. Because even the disciples were getting annoyed with her, and they said, send her away. What happened? Well, but he answered and said, I'm not sent to the, unto the, but to the lost sheep of the house. In other words, I'm just sent to the Israelites. And so what's he telling her? Okay, that one didn't work. Then she came and worshipped him. Here it is again. I love this. Everybody say, help me, Jesus. Because when you don't know, that's what you need. To act like you know when you don't. 
We know in part. No, long, no, matter, no matter how long you've been serving him, if something's not working, if you're in the dark on something, if something's not happening, you're in the dark. What is it? How has the Lord said that? Do you know what I'm talking about when he said to us? It's not what you um, it's, it's not what you know that's the problem. How many of you know we're learning? We, you know, you can do everything you know to do, but it's what you don't know. So, Lord, teach me what I don't know. I remember when he told us that. Uh, we were on a vacation and we were praying about the church because it, uh, um, it was like uh, small. <laughs> and um, we were doing everything we knew to do. We were working 80 to 120 hours apiece. We both come from very success-oriented things. Rhonda, as Pastor Rhonda, as a, um, um, it's been so long ago, I don't even remember what she did. She was a, a claims adjuster kind of insurance thing, and I was an accountant. Both used to, see, we're just not the kind of people that we're not going to put up with um, not God's highest and best. And so we began to seek him. And in seeking him, he said, it's not what you don't know. It's, what, it's not what you know. You're doing everything you know. It's what you don't know. So we immediately said, well, Lord, teach us what we don't know. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. To assume you know something's not working on a regular basis, to assume you know what you're doing and you're hitting your head against a brick wall is stupid. Am I being really too plain tonight? Some of you looking at, some of you looking at me funny. But if I'm doing something and I, and I feel like I'm hitting a brick wall, then somebody's got to change and it's not going to be the brick wall. It's going to be me. And it's not just running backwards and heading out in Jesus' name a little harder. I mean, just feel a little flatter. The next, you know what I'm saying? So instead, because, because if it's not working, it's not on God's end, is it? It's not on God's end. He's not withholder. He's not withholding something from you. So what do I got to do? I got to figure out how I need to adjust. Everybody say, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. And so that's what she said. She came and worshiped him. Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not me to take the children's bread and toss it to dogs. Well, it looks like it went worse after she asked for help. But what is he telling her? He's relating to something natural to her, what the Israelites think of her. They think she's a dog. Not nice. How many know that's a lawsuit waiting to happen today? And she said, what? You're right. You're right. Yet the dogs, the puppies, better translation, eat the crumbs. So she's even demoting herself from what he did. If you read the better translation, she's like, even the puppies, even the puppies get crumbs. And then Jesus said, what? You got it. Great is your faith. Great is your faith. What did he do? He repositioned her. That's all he did. He repositioned her. He took her from coming to him on a covenant that was not her, hers. She, she, she heard a testimony. She heard someone come this way. Her daughter needs help. She's grievously vexed with the devil. She's come for her daughter. She's come with the right attitude. She's come and she's bugging the apostles so much that they're asking the Lord to send her away. But she's got tenacity, which you all have. You've, she's got tenaciousness. She's got a, uh, I like what Pastor Hagen says, a stick to I didn't even know that was a word. And, 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 and not willing to be denied. See, even if you, it feels like you're being denied, it's not God denying you. You just may be out of position. Because listen to me, faith always works. God's word always is true. If something doesn't happen, God can never disappoint you. It's something our end. And if we're willing to be taught, if we're willing to be corrected, I mean, because he loves you, he corrects you. And sometimes correcting is just repositioning you. Sometimes in, uh, in your life and journey, you may have even been taught the wrong things. Even out of a good heart. I remember when I was growing up in church, you know, we went to a little um, um, Methodist church, a little country church, and, and um, 
I remember um, my uh, Sunday school teacher, she had bright red hair, her name was Miss Lillian, and she was the sweetest, sweetest woman, and she loved the Lord, and she helped us, and and and, and really, you know, all I remember, though, learning is the, the, the stories, and, and I didn't really know much, and, you know, then when I got in high school and in college, I backslid and walked away from God. Even in college, I began to believe there were many ways to God. There wasn't just one, because I took one of them classes, you know. And I began to believe it, you know, what makes us right. You know, there are many ways to God. And so then, you know, then I went through that and things got worse. And then, you know, came back over into the things of uh, my sister drug me to church and I got delivered and changed and um, began to hear the truth of the word of God. And then I remember I went to Bible school and I remember when I started pastoring over there in the little storefront. And when I would preach, it would sound like I was mad. Sometimes. Maybe that's why everybody stayed away. And y'all, I'm not mad tonight, all right? Um, but I really was. Uh, Dorothy, um, who just went home to be with the Lord, she came out of a Methodist church. And she came out to me one time because I guess I would say things about my past. And she came and she said, Pastor Mark, it sounds like you're mad at the Methodist church. And you know what? I really was. Because I was there. Why didn't they teach me better? But you know what I had to come to learn? They only knew what they knew. They're doing the best they could with what they knew. Could they have known more? Probably. But did they? No. They did the best they, they, did the best they could. And, and it doesn't do you any good to be mad at anybody in your past either. <laughs> Pastors and church leaders. and Maybe you got into a place where you got in some wrong doctrine or something. Well, you know, people, we can pr you go pray for them. But the truth of the matter is people do the best they can. But you're at a place where you're maturing to the place where you can, with God, just say, oh, okay, Lord, teach me what I don't know. And, and even while I'm ministering or you come here, how many know the Holy Ghost is here? How many know the Holy Ghost is a teacher? And so as I preach the word, he's dividing it severally. I mean, it's so comical to me to come for people to come up sometimes and say, Pastor Mark, when you said this, it changed my life. And I was like, well, I wish I had said that. Mm -hmm. It is good. But somebody else must have said that to you. Or it wasn't exactly like I said it, but they got it. Why? The Holy Ghost is a great teacher and he's a great repositioner. Amen. Because he wants to do some things. So he repositioned this woman. How can you and I tell that we're really, that we've been repositioned, that we're walking by faith? Um, Hebrews chapter 6. Let's carry on now. Hebrews 6. Everybody good? Amen. Thanks for helping me. Hebrews 6. Verse 12 says this, that you be not slothful, but followers of them through faith and, what's the next word? What does a person with faith and patience do? And the promises are what? So an ingredient of you being the right position and being sure, how many know um, it's not so hard to tell if you're in faith or not? It's not like this, am I in faith or not? Really, you should know whether you're in faith or not. Do y'all know if you're born again or not? Yes. I mean, no, you have a witness. That same witness will let you know you're in faith. Amen? Because you're assured of something. And, and so one of the other um, key elements of knowing that you have been repositioned, and, and if you're not here yet, because... Uh, um, oh, I'm going to tell on myself. Oh, God, I wish you'd have other people preach sometimes, you know. Um, I was just, something hadn't happened yet. You ever been, you, you, you ever, because I about said, well, have you ever been believing for something? You thought. And it hadn't shown up yet, right? And you could do what I did. Lord, I've been believing for this. Where is it? 
Where is it? Where is it? It sounds like a good question. And it doesn't sound like I'm coming off of faith. I'm just talking. But then he'll answer back by faith and patience. Because see, if I've lost my patience, where is it? Where are you? Sounds like a good question, but it's not really a faith question. How many know he knows what time it is? Praise the Lord. Are y'all sure you're good? Faith and what? With faith and patience, you do what? Inherit. So without patience, you're not really in faith. If you're all upset about it. Remember them girls, Mary and Martha? Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. Remember her? They both love Jesus, right? They're all close, you know, Lazarus sisters. So they all hung out. And one day, I don't know where they're out, but then they come to their house. And so um, Mary plops down at Jesus' feet because he's saying something. And Martha starts making cucumber sandwiches or sloppy joes or fried chicken probably or something like that. I don't know. Well, I know it wasn't ham. All right, but, you know, it was, um, uh, and, and now, now watch, because, see, this can tell you if you're in faith about something, because this is what, this is what, remember Martha, Jesus is what? He's teaching. Mary is sitting there listening. So Martha is cooking. Martha comes in while Jesus is teaching. And she says to him, while he's, while the word is sharing the word, she interrupts the word and says what? Lord, don't you care? All right, now, I know we're in there all in the right room now. Because I don't know about you, but I have felt that way before may have asked him I'm going through this don't you care I know you can deliver I know you're the healer I know you've got power I know you're able don't you care and then what did he say to her oh you're right Martha I'm sorry I'm sorry girl Tell, you know, you know what she could have said? She could have said, Lord, tell my lazy sister to get off of her behind. Quit listening to you and help me fix dinner. Same thing. Modern vernacular. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> what did Jesus do? Listen. If you just get a mark from the Lord, that's one thing. But if you get a mark, mark, because what he said was, Martha, Martha. That's, you're in trouble. Martha, Martha. What? What did, what did he say to her? How many know Martha loves Jesus? How many know Martha's close to Jesus? She just needed repositioned. How many know there's times in all of our life We need repositioned. And he's so kind. I don't know what it was like there. I know. Can you believe this? She interrupted the word. She knew who he was. Teaching. And she accused him of not caring. Don't you care? Martha, Martha. You're encumbered with all these weights. Your sister has chosen the more needful part. In other words, you ought to have been here. Well, then she could have said, well, who's going to make the food then? Well, this is the one who divides, you know, who multiplies. There may not have been any cooking necessary that night. 
She don't know. She didn't even ask him, do you want me to fix you something? How do I know that? Because it would have been in there. She assumed, and that's just her life, and we all get there. Trust me on this one. Come on, have you ever been? So she lost her, my point is she lost her patience. Have you ever lost your patience? Listen, as one of the things the devil will use, and he uses it masterfully, is time. To try to push you into a weight where you don't feel like you can wait another day. If you're going to do this, Lord, do it. I mean, you know, that's the wrong deal because he's already done it. So we got to be positioned to receive. Some things are just timing things on God. And you've got to know that. I mean, healing is always now. Blessing is now the things that Jesus redeemed you from. You don't got to wait for. But there's some things in your personal life. I mean, when you start your career, you may not start it. You know, you may not have the corner office at the top floor. But if you've seen yourself there, you just keep doing it until you get there. And he'll bless you and promote you. We all, we all get it? Let's, go, let's do another one. Hallelujah. Y'all, y'all, are, y'all listening so good. Hebrews 10, same thing, only different. Hebrews 10, 35, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Verse 36, Hebrews 10 says, for you have need of, I have need of, I have need of, turn your neighbor and say, have patience. Pastor Mark, isn't it true that you shouldn't pray for patience? Isn't that a scripture somewhere? No, it's not a scripture anywhere. I've heard that if you pray for patience, that, you know, it's really bad. That's just the silliest, stupid, risk. I got to watch these things. You need to hold my hand a little bit. Um, how many, you have need of patience. You have need of it. It's not something you have to pray for. It's something you exercise. Oh, Lord, give me patience. I don't know that that's a good prayer. You just, you have it. It's, it's given to you. It comes from being in faith. If you're in faith about something, you'll have patience. If you're, oh, Jesus. If you're irritable all the time, if you're grouchy all the time, then you're probably not in faith in an area. Well, it's just my personality. Well, your personality needs to get saved. Wow, this is a good Wednesday night. You have need. Only a certain group of people could handle this. This is not your normal. This is not milk. Hallelujah. For you have need of patience. Y'all get out a toothpick after this one because I'm just some meat. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God you might receive the promise of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is the will of God. Or when God speaks to something in your heart, then that's his will. That's his promise to you. It's as good as the word of God to you about a personal thing that he will do what he said he said he would do to you. You can hold on to that. You can hold on to that. But when you get a word from the word or when, you, when God speaks to you, you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, what is the will of God? That you're a doer of the word, that you do what he says, that he gave you a strategy, he gives you a plan, and you just do it. Uh, you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you will receive the promise of God. Everybody say, I have patience. If you're in faith, you'll have patience. What am I telling you? If your patience is, what am I telling me? If my patience, if your patience on something is wearing thin, then you've got to get back into a place of faith because if you really were in faith, you'd be patient and you'd be patient with people around you and you'd be patient with things around you and you wouldn't be asking the Lord, where is it? What's the holdup up there? I thought the angels were hearkening. It's questions like that, whether expressed out, some of you know better than that. But if it's going on on the inside of you, same a thing, same a thing, same a thing. You got to put those down. And when those come, you got to say what God says about it. Put yourself, because the devil's trying to, those of us who know the word, he uses things to pull you off of what you believe. All he has, the devil has, is circumstances and tries to delay things and time. 
And, and, and so, so you and I got to have faith and patience for yet a little while and it will, it will come. Yet a little while and it will come. It will not tarry. Now the just live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul has no pleasure in him. We're not of them that draw back unto perdition, but we're of them that believe. Come on, say, I'm a believer. Since we're doing so well, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. How can I tell if I've been repositioned or how can I tell if I need to be repositioned in an area? Uh, in Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4, you're dealing with the children of Israel, the first bunch. And because of their unbelief, they were not able to go in. Remember, they came back with an evil port, report of unbelief. But this is good for us in here. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says, Lest, verse 1, Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. So there's a promise of entering into the rest. Now, see, if you don't read this correctly, um, this is not talking about a day. This is not talking about Saturday. Because, you know, we're all wrong for worshiping on Sunday. Because that's not the real Sabbath. This is not talking about a day. This is talking about a place. The old covenant spoke of a day. The new covenant speaks of a place in God. Let us therefore fear lest the promise being left us entered into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. So can you come short of it? Yep. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Same word. But the word preached to them, they didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed, we which have believed. Everybody say past tense. So we which have believed. It's, believing is a past tense thing. Do enter into rest. When you believe something, you enter into rest. Now, now, how many of y'all know, because I got to say this, how many know I believe in confessing the word? How many know without speaking the word, nothing comes to pass? You got to say light be in order for light to come. Uh, uh, God calls those things that be not as though they were. Um, you know, Abraham and Sarah, their names were changed so they could say who they really were now. I mean, you've got to speak the word. You've got to, this is the only way you got born again. You got to say what the word says about you. But now you take that to another thing where people believe in their much speaking and much saying they force God into a place. <laughs> you understand what I'm about to say? By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I said, I'm healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. A little snort even in there. I'm a, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I said it a thousand times today. Now, I expect it. But if you said it a thousand times, even though it was scripture and the word of God, if there was never any faith mixed with it, it really was not confession. It was not a profession of faith. Now, I believe in um, speaking the word of God uh, unto faith. It's good. You need to speak the word of God. When you're in the first learning, you need to speak the word of God. It's part of meditating the word. And then there comes a place, though, where, like Jesus said, don't doubt in your heart, but if you speak to the mountain, it has to obey you. That's a command of faith. And that comes from a believing heart. It doesn't come from a hope-so place. It doesn't come from a maybe-so place. It comes from a no-so place. And so here, what is God is doing is, so we've got to be at a place of, called rest. How many of you know the difference between rest and anxiety? I mean, you know, the difference between working something up and letting something work for you. For we which have believed do enter into rest. And he said, as I have sworn in my wrath that they shall enter in my rest, although the works were finished. Even though the works were finished, they can't enter. This first group can't enter into his rest. For he spake of a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, a certain place now. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. And it says, and seeing therefore it remains to the same, must, they must enter therein. And to him, uh, and they to whom it was first preached entered not because of unbelief. So unbelief keeps you out of this place. Belief will put you in this place. What is it? A place called rest. Um, oh, let's see. Look, let's, um, Verse, 
I'll just keep reading. Verse 7. Again, he limits a certain day, saying to David, Today, after a long time, as it is said, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then there would not afterward have spoken another day. There remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. For he, and this is the rest he's talking about, for he that is entered into his rest has also ceased from his own works as God did from his. In other words, when you believe by faith, how many of you know, what sort of things you desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them and you shall. This is the confidence that I have in him, that if I ask anything according to his will, I know that he hears me. If I know that he hears me, I know that I have. Faith in God is past tense. No matter what it is, if it's current or future, it's not faith. Faith is always in the finished work of God. And when you believe on the finished work, then you are finished. You are finished. I have believed something. And when I believe something, then I'm at... Mark, does your faith move me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My faith moves you. I don't need your faith to move me. I need your faith to receive from me. You're trying to move me. You're trying to work. Trying to work. Come on. Trying to work. Try, even trying to do some what looks like right things. If it's work, faith is always a rest. I am going to heaven when I leave my body. I know it. I know it. I know it. I'm at peace. I've got a mansion. They're going to find my name in a book. My dog angel's going to be there. <laughs> Hallelujah. The sanctified version. <laughs> Actually, it was Destiny's dog I, I stole. Anyway, um, but um, my point is this. I'm at rest with that. I'm not going to do it. I am not working. I am not trying. I confess Jesus as Savior. I made him the Lord of my life. I believe he's raised from the dead. My name is written down. When I leave this planet, I am going. I, I, I take one last breath here. I'm immediately going to be with the Lord. I am fully assured. I have not got a doubt. There's not a quiver in my liver. I, I'm, I'm positive. Are you with me? I'm positive. Faith, that's called faith. And is it more challenging with things down here, maybe. But if you're not at rest with something, then you're not in faith. The Bible says they labor to enter into rest. The labor is getting into rest. And once you're at rest, stay there. Because that's how you can tell if you're in faith. The Lord will reposition you to help you there. What else? Um, what else? Um, one of the uh, Romans chapter four, Romans chapter four, um, verse 20, Romans chapter four, verse 20. Um, it says he staggered not the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. How many know that sometimes when you come in here, we got to work you all up because you just came from work or you just came or you came on Sunday morning and the two kids in the back seat were fussing with one another and and then you you know I don't know somebody took your parking place and uh, or you got to walk from the north 40 out there and why couldn't they have done the building different why do I have to walk so I mean you know you come in here and it's like then you sit down and like you know I don't know you just kind of so we got to work you up sometimes is that all right thank God for a good worship team they wish you were already worked up when you came, but sometimes, but sometimes they're, they're good. And so they can help you, but they, they wish you were worked up with, you know, ready to go when you came, it helps them a lot, but, but you know, so, but you know, that's one thing, but when you really are in faith, you're just grateful because even though you haven't seen it, you have it. I got it. So therefore, I'm grateful. Now, see, that can't be worked up. 
either, remember the 10 lepers, the one, all 10 of them were healed. The one came back just to say, thank. He didn't come back to get anything else. He just came back to say, thank you for what I had. But then we see there the correlation between faith and the, and the presence of God and even the healing power there. Um, he came back and gave thanks. And the Bible says he, his faith made him whole. So I, always, I tell you this, and I believe this firmly because he had leprosy. If it, in other words, if his nose was gone, his nose popped out. That's a good nose job, and I didn't have to pay. I mean, uh, you know, if his fingers were gone, he got fingers because that's what leprosy does. It, it eats off the extremities, ears and fingers and toes, noses. So I believe it got him back. Why? Because he turned around and gave thanks. But that came out of a, a pure heart of gratitude. He didn't come to get something. Now, you just got to watch this a little bit because you can all handle this. Um, you have to be careful that your thanksgiving is not to trick God into doing something for you because you know he likes it. Is that all right? Thank you, Lord. 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 Okay. Was that enough? No, when you really got something, you're just grateful. Just grateful. Just grateful. I would say repositioned. And so these are some things to tell where, where position you currently are in. And then it's not wrong. And everybody can't do this. Everybody's not in the position you are to be repositioned. Because everybody couldn't handle this. But you can. Because the Lord wants to do some big stuff for you. Some of you are going to get some real estate stuff. I believe Jim said that by the Holy Ghost, and I know it was the Holy Ghost, and I believe, and I've already seen people are, I mean, good things are happening. I mean, there are things coming for you in this next year. 2019 may have been a good year, and it was the year of Jubilee and double Jubilee, but I believe we're just building, and we're just growing, and we're going on, and good things are happening for you. And all the Lord's trying to do is get you in front of the open door so that you can walk through it. And he's just, you know, because if you're standing in front of something that, you know, or you want something, or even he's promised you something, you've got to be positioned in order to receive it. And so what does that? Well, making sure that you have patience, making sure that you're in rest, making sure that you're thankful. And then 1 Peter 1.8 was another one I was just thinking of. How many of you know the Bible says that we rejoice with joy unspeakable? Full of glory. Receiving the end of our faith. Now listen, there are times when the Holy Ghost will grab a hold of you and he's done it with me. He just makes you just laugh and you get so full of joy and, and just good things are happening. And that's a good joy where he can talk to you about things, straighten you out. Lord, you know, some people don't realize, I mean, the reason he makes me laugh so much is, you know, anyway, we just, just imagine what you think. Anyway, but I'm just telling you is uh, uh, just even with something coming up, he had, he, anyway, just get full of joy. But there, just get full of joy. But then there's another thing when, and joy is the fruit of the Spirit, but there's a joy also that is like this, when you're in faith, you're just joyful. You rejoice. That's why, listen, you rejoice with joy. Because I'm believing something. So I've got joy. Not just the fruit of the Spirit, it's a fruit of me believing because I'm in faith. And then when I rejoice with that joy, see, if I'm not believing, I don't, that joy is not there. Because if I'm not really believing, what do I have there instead? I, I'm frustrated. I'm impatient. Maybe a little grouchy. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's what them folks down there said. Where is it? That tithing stuff don't work. I tried it. What is that? That's an extreme example, but way out of position. There's no joy. Because when I have faith, when I'm in faith about something, I have joy. And when I'm in faith about something, about, I can rejoice with joy. I wish I could get this. I can rejoice with the joy that I have because I'm believing something. There is a joy that the Lord will slap on top of you. I like that joy. That one will get you drunk. 
And that's good. But this is a different kind of joy. I've really never preached, got into it like this before, but you're rejoicing with the joy of believing something. And when you rejoice with the joy of believing something, it produces the glory or the power of God. And when that power of God is produced, it'll bring the end to your faith. What you're believing for. I'm rejoicing with joy because I believe something. As I rejoice with joy, then God is able to move on my joy and on my words and on my thankfulness and on my rest and at my peace and on my patience. And he's able to do something with his glory that'll bring something that's impossible with men. That's only possible to them that really believe God because all things are possible with God. But he just needs somebody to believe something, to receive something so he can do something. We're not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. And there's some things like you and me that he is not going to get to us until we're at a place called faith because we know how to get there and he wants you to get there and he can do things with the gifts of spirit we're grateful for that we want to see more of that but that just should be for babies it shouldn't be for you and I in this room we should be walking by faith every day we should be helping other people get what they need because we've learned how to receive we're receiving and I'm reminded of, of Sister Opal. I love y'all. I, I, don't, I don't think she's here tonight, but but Opal, who teaches, um, you know, healing school, and she's been with us. It's just an honor to be her pastor. I mean, I don't know a woman uh, or person on the planet that teaches faith and healing any better than Opal. We're just grateful for her. But I remember when the Lord spoke to her about her healing because she had been healed before. Uh, once with the gifts of the spirit, I think, and some laying on of hands. And uh, as many times as I heard it, I ought to probably know it exactly. But um, it's like Brother Hagen, when somebody tells a story, you have your own version. It's not usually right. And so, um, um, but she said this one th thing she's going through, the Lord told her that this time she's going to have to get it by faith, on her own faith. And she said to the Lord, well, you're being too hard on me. Basically, that's not fair. But how many know once she learned how to get it this time, let me tell you something, that woman has walked through some stuff to the glory of God because she wouldn't like me talking about her because <laughs> it's all the Lord, what she learned from him. And then not only that, she was able to teach it to other people. And now she's not the only one healed. There's lots of folks healed because that time she learned to get it by faith. And just because we're around this all the time, let us not um, let go of some things that we've learned. Faith is not a movement. It's a foundational doctrine. And without it, it's impossible to please God. And without it, it's, not impo it's impossible to please God. I mean, what, what pleases God? For you to walk in all the blessings. What pleases God? For all the promises that are yes and amen, for you and I to walk in them every day. It pleases Him. To give you the kingdom. And he has. He just needs us to receive. So that what, that's what it feels like to be on the Holy Ghost adjustment table. Amen. He adjusts you. And I pray those words ring in you. Because it may not be, it may just be a little thing. Lord, what, are I, what do I need to adjust? Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you're doing all those things right. But what else, Lord, where, where do I need to adjust? Well, I want, I want, thank you for adjusting the Syrophoenician woman. Now adjust me. Because, see, you're coming on a covenant. You have a covenant. Those breadcrumbs, they already belong to you. So don't come to God like you don't have a covenant. He'll readjust you in another way. What you doing begging for something that's already yours? Asking me to do something for you that I've already done. You're asking me to heal you when I healed you way back when. Just receive what I've done for you. Come on. When you make some slight adjustments, there's some people in this room. I mean, you could come up with a nifty idea. An invention. Come on, Rockefeller doesn't have to be the only one that can tie the million. And, and it's not just your brains and your good looks. The Lord can do the Lord can do anything with you if you'll believe. You'll position. I mean, 
How many inventions did he give George Washington Carver? Thank God he invented peanut butter. I love him for that. I love him for that. It's real good in celery. Anyway, hallelujah. Repositioned. Amen? Did you feel repositioned? Well, I hope you can come Sunday. Oh, we're going to have a great Christmas service. We celebrate. Happy birthday to Jesus. And we're going to have a good time. Um, let me just check a minute. Let's just stand and just worship the Lord a minute. Let's make sure that we got everything. Since you all got in there so good with me, I don't want to make, I want to make sure we get everything. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love and kindness. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, thank you for helping us. Thank you for repositioning us. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for helping us for the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And, and, and we want to please you. And we want to please you, so we're grateful. We're grateful for the repositioning. We're grateful, Father, that you love us so much, that you want to get us so much, <laughs> that you want to get us so much, that you want to get us so much, that you're... Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for repositioning things that will make things easier in people's marriages and in their families and at their, in their careers. I thank you, Father, this, this year there'll be many, uh, with divine favor that, that they'll be raised and bonuses and increase and their, and the businesses of Cornerstone Word of Life Church. Those with have businesses, your hand will be upon them in a mighty way as they obey you, as they follow you. I thank you, Father God, for banner years, for startups. I pray for startups. Hallelujah. I pray for startups. I pray for startups. I thank you, Father, for those in this church that are starting something, that are beginning something, even though it be small. We don't despise the day of small beginnings for what they've seen in their heart is great and grand, and it, and it shall be just as you planned. Hallelujah. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'll tell them that. You know, when it comes to some things, um, faith is not lazy. Sometimes when you're in faith, the Lord will have you busy. Because without faith, with, with faith, there's corresponding actions. And so waiting on God is not the same as being lazy and waiting for it all to be done and you don't have to do anything. That's not what faith is. Faith, the Lord, he, he may ask you to do something that requires you quite a bit of work. But you're working, you're doing it unto the Lord. You're not working to get something. You're working because you heard something. You're doing something because he told you something. Um, I guarantee you, um, 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 anything, ministry, not just ministry. You know, it's funny, a lot of people, young ministers, they want to be in ministers because they just see this. They see, you know, the 5% of what I do is fun because it's with the anointing and stuff and it's awesome. But this is 5% of what I do. The other 95% is work. I don't, I'm not at the golf course, y'all. I know some pastors are, but I'm not one of them. Um, we actually work. Um, I think sometimes when I hire some people, you know, we have a staff of like 15 now. I think when they come to the church, they're like, whoa, this has got to be easy. Because, you know, you only get together twice, Sunday and Wednesday. There's not much to do here. <laughs> About a weekend, they're like, help me, Jesus. Mm. There's stuff to do. But if your own business, even if the Lord gave you a business, there, and it's not even here yet, what would faith do? Faith would get a business plan. Faith would get some pictures. Faith, if you need a building, faith would go look at some buildings. I didn't say write a rubber check and ask them to hold it. That's not faith. That's a felony. That's not faith. That's a felony. Um, but you can begin to do, and as you do, the Lord can steer you, Amen. guide you. So when faith comes, there'll be some corresponding actions. How can you tell if you're in faith? There's corresponding actions by what leaks out of your mouth. Amen. Come on. The people closest around you know if you're in faith or not. You don't have to impress me or anybody sitting around you because it's not an impression thing. Would I rather you hear you speak the word instead of doubt or anything like that? Of course I would. But just because you get everything right for an hour and a half on Wednesday or an hour and a half or two hours on Sunday, 
that's just a little bit compared to the other hours you have during the week. That's why I started this by saying, it's, I'm glad you're here. Keep coming. Our Wednesday night crowd is really growing. Um, I believe that's because meat's being served and good things are happening. And I want you to do that. I just believe God's got some great things for you. And, and so we, we, we need to keep doing what we're doing. And, uh, but just take this message and that's what it is, a message and let it work in you. It's, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So it's not meant to condemn you. It's not meant to say you're not good enough. It's just meant to reposition you. And when you're, we're like that Syrophoenician woman, help me, Jesus, help me. And that's what he's doing. Why? So he could get her the answer. And he wants to get you your answer. Amen. Run, go get your children. See you Sunday morning. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.